My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm sitting in a corridor of a Russian palace that was completely destroyed in World War II. This is Gatchina Palace. The parts of the palace which have been restored are simply fabulous. But this particular wing of the palace is still in total destruction, except this one little section, which is a sample of what restoration looks like once the restorers have gone to work. But if you look beyond this little tiny fragment, this place is destroyed. Wow, it is amazing what happens when the enemy comes, how he ravages everything. It makes me think of Luke 19, verse 10, where the Bible says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Just like the restorers have come into this palace and they've been restoring and saving what was lost in the war, when Jesus comes into our life, he brings restorative powers to restore us again. Any area of our life that we'll let him touch, he'll bring restoration to it, just like this little sliver that I'm sitting in. This is where the restorers worked. And so look at it. It's beautiful. But if you look beyond that, it's quite a mess. We have to open the door and let the Lord touch every area of our life. So we don't just have a slither of restoration, but we have full restoration. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My friends, I've been waiting for you. And today we're going to begin a brand new series that's really going to help you. And the name of the series is You Are God's Restoration Project. Say amen. God wants to restore whatever the devil has tried to destroy in your life. And the subtitle says how God restores the desolate places in your life. If you have any area of your life that has become desolate, that once was vibrant, Jesus wants to put his hands on it to bring life to it again. And that is what this five-part series is about, which comes with a study guide so you can read it while you're hearing it or while you're seeing it. And in addition to this, right now for the first time ever, we're offering you a complete bundle of Denise's books. Denise has wonderful books. One is called Who Stole Cinderella, which is really about marriage. It is so powerful. I have read it four times. We're offering you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness, which is about the power of forgiveness when it's released in your life or when you give forgiveness to someone else. We're offering you Denise's book called Do You Know What Time It Is? This book is about how you can redeem the time. If you think you've lost time, you can redeem it. And this book is about how to redeem lost time. And we're offering you Denise's book called Redeemed from Shame, which contains Denise's testimony about how she was set free from shame. You know, you look at Denise, she's so pretty. She's lived such a godly life. You think, what in the world did she have to be ashamed of? Well, it's amazing the private issues that people deal with. And Denise had to deal with shame. And a lot of people deal with shame in their lives. But my friends, you've been redeemed from shame. And that's what this book is about. And hey, when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you two books. 
as our way of saying, welcome to the partner family. We're going to send you my book, which is called Life in the Combat Zone. And we always send Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness, both of these books, to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. And a partner is anyone who regularly financially supports our ministry so we can take the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. And please, please, please let us know how to pray for you. Just call us right now or send us an email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith for Jesus to do something mighty in your life. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today, my friends. You are God's restoration project. And today, specifically, we're going to be looking at John 10, 10. It is so wonderful. But I want to give you an illustration of restoration. Many, many years ago, Denise and I and our family were living in Riga, which is the capital of Latvia. It's a former Soviet republic. We'd been living in a little village, and we decided we were going to move into the big town. Riga had about 800,000 people at that time. And I found an apartment in old Riga that was large, but completely dilapidated. If you ever saw the movie Dr. Zhivago, which is a very old movie, you saw that when the Soviets came to power, they took people's property and moved all kinds of families into a common space. Well, that's what this apartment had been. Eight different families had lived in this apartment that had one kitchen and one bathroom. And over 50 years of neglect, it had fallen into shambles. The windows were broken out. The cold air was blowing through. The walls were covered with mold. The ceilings were collapsing. The parquet on the floors were rotting. The fireplaces and the crown molding, you could see hints that at one time it had really been beautiful, but it was covered with more than 50 years of Soviet paint. It was so dismal. And the hooligans had been in that apartment and they had painted foul words all over the walls. And I bought that apartment without Denise ever seeing it. When Denise finally saw it, she said, ay, yai, yai, Rick, what have you done? But when I saw that apartment, even though it was in shambles, I could still see what it could be if someone would put some effort into it to make it shine again. And that's what Jesus does with any area of our life that has fallen into shambles or that has become desolate. And friends, I want to tell you, he is the great artisan. He's the great artisan. Everything he puts his hands on, he changes it, he transforms it, he makes it shine. In fact, in the scriptures, the King James Version says that before he entered into the ministry, Jesus was a tecton, translated carpenter, but the word carpenter really is a bad translation. The word tecton is in fact the word for an artisan, specifically one who makes shiny things. And that's what Jesus does when he puts his hand on our life. Like a great artisan, he causes our life to begin to shine again. But today we're going to go to John chapter 10, verse 10, to see what the devil does and what Jesus does. But no one knew about the devil better than Jesus because Jesus had had a lot of history with the devil. So when you come to John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus begins to describe the work of the devil, and we need to hear what he says. And he says this, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. But I am come, that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. But notice in this verse, Jesus calls the devil a thief, 
And importantly, in the Greek, it is the word kleptes. The word kleptes could be translated as a bandit. So Jesus says he's a bandit. It could be translated as the word thief. It could also be translated as the words scam artist. And remember, Jesus had a lot of experience with the devil. He said, I'll tell you who he is. The devil is a bandit. He is a thief. He is a scam artist. And you have to remember that Jesus had a lot of history with the devil. For example, we know in the very beginning of time, Lucifer wanted the throne of God. He wanted to steal God's throne. And that's why he was kicked out. He wanted the adoration of the angels. He just wanted it because it was God's and he wanted it to be his. Finally, when he found his way into the garden, he wanted Adam's seat of authority. He wanted the garden. He wanted Adam's seat. He wanted Adam's authority. My friends, he is a thief. He is a bandit. He is a scam artist. And not only that, the word thief, the Greek word kleptes is where we get the word for a kleptomaniac. The devil is a kleptomaniac. And that leads us to the next thing that Jesus says in verse 10. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal. The word steal now is the word klepto. It's very similar to the word kleptes, which is translated thief. But here it describes his acts of thievery. The word steal means one so artful in the way he steals and his exploits of thievery are nearly undetectable. That's why he's a scam artist. It pictures a pickpocket. And it's again where we get the word for a kleptomaniac. Well, a kleptomaniac is a person that is just bound to steal. He doesn't take what he needs. It's just his nature to steal. He cannot restrain himself. And by using this word klepto, which here is translated to steal, Jesus is saying the devil cannot control himself. He is a kleptomaniac. It is in his nature to steal. It doesn't matter what it is. He just wants it. For example, if you have a good marriage, he wants your marriage. Does he need it? No. He's just a kleptomaniac. If it's yours, he wants it. If you have kids, he wants your kids. Does he need them? No, but he's a kleptomaniac. He just wants what belongs to you. If you have good health, he wants your health. Does he need your health? No, he's just a kleptomaniac. He wants it because it's yours and he wants it to be his. His entire nature is bent on stealing. And again, this word steal, a form of the Greek word klepto, means one so artful in the way he steals that his exploits of thievery are nearly undetectable. It is a pickpocket. And again, it's where we get the word for a kleptomaniac. I think that is so powerful. So it shows that when the devil shows up, he very artfully and seductively begins to work his way into your life so he can take whatever belongs to you, not because he needs it, but simply because it is his nature to steal. Whatever you have, he wants it. That's why you need to know how to put up a hedge of protection to keep the devil out of your life. But hey, then Jesus goes on and he adds, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill, to kill. Well, this word kill in Greek was quite a surprise to me because when I saw the word kill, I always thought of slaughter, massacre, bloodshed. 
murder. That's what I thought that it meant. But when I dove into the Greek New Testament, I found out the word kill here is really a bad translation. It is the Greek word thuo, thuo. And anyone that is familiar with Greek from the first century knows what the word thuo means. It's not kill as in murder, but to sacrifice as in making a religious sacrifice. It means to surrender or to give up something that is precious and dear. And it is exactly the same word which was used both by the Jews and by the Greeks when they wanted to make a sacrifice. They came to the altar and they laid something precious and dear on the altar. They surrendered it. They sacrificed it. Now, what in the world does that have to do with the work of the devil? I'm going to read to you from my notes. It means that Jesus is teaching that the devil can disguise himself to sound very religious. And it means if we have anything left over from his first acts of stealing, he may try to speak to us in religious terms and he may have done it to you, and say, you know what, there's no hope of recovery. There's no way you'll ever be able to restore what's been lost. Why I tried to believe, just let it go, lay it all on the altar. You might as well give it up, just sacrifice it, walk away from it. There's no hope. He wants you to give up. That's what the word kill means translated from the Greek word thuo, and the devil can even disguise himself to sound like God. That's why you need to know the voice of God, and you need to know what is the voice of the enemy. You need to build a hedge of protection to keep the devil out of your head and out of your life. But my friends, he will come very seductively. Remember, even when he came to try Jesus in the wilderness, the devil quoted scripture. But Jesus knew the scripture so well that he knew the devil misquoted it. But the devil tried to sound religious. And likewise, the devil will say to you, there's no reason to believe. There's no reason for you to keep trying. Just lay it on the altar. Walk away from it. It's all gone. It can never be restored. Just walk away and give up. He'll try to get you just to sacrifice it and walk away. Don't do that. Stand in faith. Healing belongs to you. Your finances belong to you. Your kids belong to you. Your marriage belongs to you. Your career belongs to you. Don't sacrifice it and walk away from it. That is the voice of the enemy speaking to you. But Jesus said that's what he would do. But wait. Then Jesus goes on to say he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The word destroy is a translation of the Greek word apolumi, which means to ruin, to waste, to trash, to devastate, or to destroy. Just like that apartment that we purchased was completely trashed. It had fallen into a shambles. That is what the devil wants to do with any of your area of your life that is gleaming right now. First of all, he wants to take it from you. If it's your marriage, he wants it. If it's your kids, he wants it. If it's your health, he wants it. If it is your career, he wants it. If it's a good relationship, he wants to take it away from you. He wants to steal because he is a kleptomaniac. Secondly, he wants to tell you through, just give it up. It can never be fixed. It's beyond restoration. In fact, his ultimate intention is to destroy you or leave you in a shambles. That's really what it means. And what I find very interesting is the word destroy, apolumi, comes from the root 
luo, which means to loosen or to loose. And we find that very word in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, where John the Baptist is describing Jesus. And listen to what he says. But one mightier than I cometh, he's talking about Jesus, and listen to how John describes him. One mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes, he's talking about Jesus' shoestrings. The latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. That word unloose is the word luo, which is a part of this word destroy in John chapter 10, verse 10. And here's what it means. It means to unravel to the point that it falls apart. For example, when you unloosen your shoestrings, what happens? Your shoestrings become so loosened that your shoes will become unraveled. They will simply fall off of you. And by using this word, Jesus tells us what the devil's ultimate intention is. He wants to ruin you. He wants to unravel you, undo you, devastate you, trash you, destroy you, or completely liquidate you. That is his intention. My friends, that is how Jesus describes the activity of the devil. And if you feel that your life has become unraveled or undone, then you are the very life Jesus wants to put his hand on. You are God's restoration project. But hey, I want to give you the RIV, which is the Renner's Interpretive Version of John 10, verse 10. Hold on to your seat because you're going to hear this verse in a brand new way. But what I'm about to give you really is an accurate translation. Listen to this. The RIV of John 10, 10. The thief wants to get his hands into every good thing in your life. In fact, this pickpocket is looking for any opportunity to wiggle his way so deeply into your personal affairs that he can walk off with everything you hold precious and dear. And that's not all. When he's finished stealing all your goods and possessions, his plan is to rob you blind, taking it to the next level by creating conditions and situations so horrible that you'll see no way to solve the problem except to sacrifice everything that remains from his previous attacks. The goal of this thief is to totally devastate your life. If nothing stops him, he'll leave you insolvent, flat broke, and cleaned out in every area of your life. You'll end up feeling as if you're finished and out of business. Make no mistake, the enemy's ultimate aim is to obliterate you. Now, how do you like that translation of John 10, verse 10? That is exactly what Jesus' words mean in that verse. But Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus offered an alternative. Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. What in the world does that mean? The word life is a translation of the Greek word zoe, which describes a life filled with zest and vitality. It's a wonderful, wonderful life. Jesus says, I have come that you might have a life full of zest and vitality. And then he says, and that you might have it more abundantly. The word abundantly is a Greek word, parasos. I'm going to read to you from my notes. It describes something that is abundant, excessive, something that is exceeding or extraordinary, something that abounds in an extraordinary measure, 
something that is so profuse, it can be likened to a river overflowing and flooding beyond its banks, overflowing, something that is plentiful or something that is super abundant. And when I read this word, abundantly, the Greek word parasos, I always go back in my mind to when I was a child because my great-grandfather Miller lived by a creek that flooded every year. Parasos, the same word here translated abundantly, would describe a river coming out of its banks. And when that river came out of its banks, it covered everything. You could no longer see the fields. You couldn't see the base of the trees. You couldn't see the base of the houses because everything was covered by this profusely flowing river. That is the word which Jesus uses here to depict what kind of life he wants to give us. He wants to give us a life filled with zest and vitality, a life so full that it is overflowing. And my friends, if life is overflowing from you, it's going to touch all of those that are around you. God wants you to be filled with zest and vitality. He wants all of your surroundings to be filled with divine life. And in fact, you could translate the second part of John 10, 10 like this. Here is the RIV of the second part of John 10, 10. But I have specifically come with the express purpose that you will have, hold, and possess a phenomenal and amazing life. My purpose is that you will possess life so full that it overflows and spills over like a mighty river, so full of water that its banks can no longer contain it. I'm talking about an amazingly full, spirited, and vivacious life that is literally overflowing and spilling over. I've explicitly come so you can possess an abundant, profuse, plentiful, and bountiful life. That's what it means. That's why Jesus came. In fact, this verse says, I have explicitly come for this purpose which means emphatically it is the will of God for you to have a vivacious life, a life filled with zest and vitality, and for everyone around you to be affected by the life that is in you and is spilling over. That is the will of God for you. And my friends, if you have any area of your life where the devil, the thief, has come to steal, has come to kill and to destroy, that is the very area where Jesus wants to put his hands. He is the great artisan. He has the supernatural ability to make shiny things. And my friends, he wants to make your life shining with the glory of God. And if you feel your life has become a shambles or there's a desolate area of your life, whether it is your finances or your kids or your relationships or your marriage or your career or your health, that's the area where Jesus wants to put his hands to make something shiny again. I'll be back in just a moment and I want to pray for you. Most people have been through rough times in life and rough times can take a toll on relationships, health, finances, and so many other areas. If you feel you've suffered loss along the way in some area of your life, Jesus is in the restoration business and he really can restore anything the devil or life has tried to ruin or take from you. In this amazing five-part series, you'll learn Jesus really can restore what the devil has tried to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. 
Jesus can restore you from abuse you have experienced. Jesus can even restore years you have lost. Jesus came to bring life back into all the areas where you feel you've been negatively affected and where you feel you've suffered loss. This series is designed to help you get back what the devil has tried to take away from you. And it's available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10. We're also offering you a special bundle of Denise Renner's books, including You Know What Time It Is, Redeemed from Shame, The Gift of Forgiveness, and Who Stole Cinderella? People all over the world have testified about how God has used these books to liberate and set them free. And we believe they can make a big difference in your life or in the life of someone you love. This power-packed four-book bundle can be yours for just $34. Don't miss this special offer, the series, You Are God's Restoration Project, and the special bundle of Denise's books. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Friends, this is Rick Renner, and I'm standing inside what's going to be the new studio in our TV studio in Moscow. You have given to make this happen. And right now, as you know, prices in Russia are just skyrocketing because of what's taking place in our part of the world. I want to say thank you to every one of you that have done something sacrificial to help us buy all the materials we need to finish the interior. We need to wrap this up as fast as we can. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And I want you to understand that from this spot, we're going to feed people all over the world the Word of God. It's not about a building. We're not interested in buildings. This is an anchor that is pivotal for the proclamation and the distribution of the Word of God to this entire part of the world, and it is so, so needed. And by being a partner with us and being a part of our giving team to wrap this up, every time the signal goes with the Word of God into people's private spaces all over this part of the world, God is going to credit you with part of the reward for what's going to happen because it's your seed, it's your offerings, it's your sacrifices that are helping us to do this. And when people's lives are transformed, it will be credited to your account. And I want to say thank you for everything that you've already done. Thank you for helping us wrap up phase two of this very important project so we can begin to film programs right here and get the teaching of the Bible to people that are famished for it. And I want to say thank you in advance for being a part of our giving. Hey, friend, if this program has been a blessing to you today, would you tell me? Send me an email, go on social media, make a comment. I want to know what you think about this new version of John 10.10. And my friends, it doesn't matter what the devil has done to you in your past. Jesus has the ability to make it shine again. And that's why I want you to get the brand new series, which is called You Are God's Restoration Project. The subtitle says, How God Restores the Desolate Places in Your Life. And this wonderful five-part series comes with a study guide so you can read it while you're seeing it or hearing it. And this is a series you really need to hear and hear and hear. The Bible says in Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. You need to hear this and hear this and hear this and really get this teaching down deep inside you. And right now, for the first time ever, we're offering you a bundle of Denise's books. We're offering you her book called, Who Stole Cinderella?, the subtitle says, The Art 
of Living Happily Ever After. I've read it four times. This really is a good book. We're offering you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness, which is the power of forgiveness in your life and what happens when you forgive someone else. We're offering you Denise's book called Do you know what time it is? How to redeem time. If you feel like you've lost time, you can redeem it. And we're offering you Denise's book called Redeemed from Shame. If you deal with any areas of shame or embarrassment in your life, you can be redeemed and set free from it. But anyway, all of these are available by going online or by giving us a call. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you came to make our lives shiny. You're the great artisan. And Lord, we ask you to take any desolate area of our life, redeem it, restore it, and make it shine again. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow, but please remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.